Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Bloody Hey everybody, welcome to the Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast, first ever mini-sode. That's right, it's John here from BerkReviews.com with Mike Kingsman. It's Matt Hudson from What I Watched Tonight. How you doing, John? Doing pretty well, sir. Um, we decided that once a month was just not enough, and we gotta do some other stuff. Um, these mini-sodes are gonna be a little different, right Matt? Yeah, they're gonna be a little shorter, because the BAMP itself is monthly, so... We kind of have the extra liberty of being able to go on for a little bit longer than we generally would do. But these episodes, they're going to be a little bit more condensed. And we're only going to be talking about what's been happening in the movie-verse pretty much in between and since the last shows. Yeah, so we've got a few different segments that we're going to hit on. Um, We're just going to talk movies for a little bit. Hopefully this will be something to tide our listeners over until the monthly episodes drop with our reviews of all the big films of the month. Um, Here we're going to talk more, like, talk about trailers that have dropped since the last time we recorded um and some movie news which there's plenty of for this episode yes we i was when, when we were looking at what was coming out there were some interesting things and then suddenly in the last sort of 24 36 hours the movie verse decided to drop at least two potentially big stories which we're going to get into in our news section but yeah this is this is our kind of semi-regular now show to fill in the gap in between the BAMP because I want to get burkified every every few weeks so I can't handle <laughs> yeah. not being burkified so uh should we talk some trailers let's talk trailers let's do it the first we're going to talk about is Tenet which in itself is a is an event film it's Christopher Nolan's new film of course coming out I believe in June or July next year and mm-hmm. a, a trailer played in front of Good Boys um, over here and I believe it did yeah. in the States as well but if you go looking for it online you're not going to find it but uh we could, well it's it was only a kind of it's a teaser trailer basically it's pretty much John David Washington centric he's in pretty much all yeah. of it which is never a bad thing it look, one scene looks like he's investigating like a bullet hole or he's, or uh, a scene of a crime of some sort next mm-hmm. one he's wearing like a gas mask it's so in terms of what it's about don't know is it going it, surely it won't be a straight up detective thriller because it's Christopher Nolan I got a kind of time travel vibe just from the the title oh. of Tenet because it seems to be spinning like a clock. But you know what? The music's big, the music's epic, and it's Christopher Nolan. So even though it's yeah. like a it was a ninety second teaser trailer, I was still sold on every aspect of it. To me, it had more of a do you know what? It had parts of the Dark Knight feel to it in terms of the detective side of it, which may yeah. seem slightly odd to people, but. You'll see what I mean if you watch it. It had that kind of weird vibe to it, but I thought it was okay. It didn't give much away, but it was fine. But what about you? I I mean, I am uh, admittedly a huge Nolan fan, so I was very stoked just to see something because mm-hmm. I've been, you know, I'm waiting. I can't wait. I love Dunkirk. I, I I don't think there's a Nolan film I don't enjoy, at least to some degree. Um, you know, I, I have issues with Dark Knight Rises and 
the following is a clearly first film, but yeah. overall I really enjoy his filmography. So I can't wait to see what he does next. And what I really am excited about was a lot of people expected Dunkirk to follow in his trend of like making these epic long films and, and Tenet's supposed to be pretty long, mind you, but Dunkirk came out, I think, was a surprise to most people. It wasn't the same as all of Nolan's other films. He did do the Nolan trend of not following a linear, you know, storytelling mechanism. Yeah. But I, I'm, I don't know, man. I'm on board. Uh, the trailer was cool. I like John David Washington in the uh, in Black Klansman, which is the only film I think I've seen of his, um, or at least where he's the lead. And yeah. I thought he did terrific in that film. So I'm on. I'm Nolan. You got Washington. I believe Robert Pattinson was supposed to be attached to this Robert project Pattinson's as well. Apparently, he's been billed as kind of joint lead, if you will. But this was very much John David Washington. You got Kenneth Branagh's in there, Elizabeth Debicki, and guess who? Oh, she's so good. Michael Caine, of course. Of course, Caine is the uh, Nolan regular. Exactly. Um, Elizabeth Debicki. If you didn't see Widows, first of all, shame on you. Yeah. Go watch Widows. Um, but she's she is so good in that movie, and I I'm looking forward to seeing what else she does. And she is in Guardians Volume Two, but not significantly. But she's the gold like woman leader. Um, in Guardians Volume Two, but she's such a good actress. I, I'm I'm all in for Tenet. Yep, sign me up for Tenet. So uh, Nolan, show us what you got next year. Now this is uh, the next trailer is the only one that I had to seek out to see uh, for this podcast. Um, Greta Gerwig's new film Little Women just dropped the trailer. Uh, I've been excited about this, but I got to tell you, Matt, I've never seen any other Little Women project. I've never read the book. Same um, here. I I am completely entering this world you know, unknowing. Um, other than I do know a spoiler of the film because I've watched friends and it is Rachel's favorite book and Joey reads it on an episode and they, <laughs> they share the ending. Of all places. So I do know that. Yeah. I, you know what friends and I, I, I know way too much about it, but um, I watched the trailer with my wife last night and we're both super excited about little women. Uh, the cast is enough to sell almost any fan, especially any a 24 fan. Yeah. If you saw lady bird, you get Greta Gerwig's second directorial film. You get Sir Sharon and back. You get Timothy Chalamet. Uh, you get Florence Pugh, who is just having a stellar year this year between Midsummer, Fighting with My Family, and now uh, ending the year with Little Women. And she's such a good actress. Um, I mean, Meryl Streep, for the love of goodness, like Laura Dern and and Laura Dern. I'm just like, oh man, this cast is ridiculous. Um, I don't know who's playing the youngest sister, but I think she's in something as well. Um, but it is Sir just playing the lead character, Joe. At least it appears to be the lead character based on what little I know about the story. Um, it lo- the trailer looked really good. It is a period piece. I was I last year there was the uh, Little Women like updated version where it was like modern day and it got I didn't see it. It got really bad reviews. I heard it wasn't very good and most people forgot it exists. Um, I thought Gerwig might go for that, but no, she went full period piece. So I, I was also excited to see that. Like good for her coming off Lady Bird that she got a, a movie with this type of assumably a decent budget to do a, uh, the period setting that they've done so yeah i mean and also i imagine some of the wages they're going to be paying aren't aren't cheap either eliza scanlon is mm. the other little woman uh beth she's called she's an australian ah. actress but bob odenkirk's in it as well tracy letts there's a decent cast and do you know what after lady bird got such high praise similar to kind of uh jordan peele people are really excited for what greta Gerwig's going to do next and, yep. and obviously little women is it now, oh yeah, the cast, what a cast. I thought, I mean, it's, this is like a feminist explosion in the best possible way in terms of yeah. what I got from the trailer. Um, what, I, what I will say, well, I'm not entirely sure of the tone or the vibe because it's a period piece, but I couldn't quite True. tell how playful it was or how serious because obviously it isn't quite as bonkers as the favourite, 
but it's not going to be quite as serious as something like Lady Macbeth no. in the Florence Pugh yeah. vehicle. But um, mm. I was looking forward to this. I will say that my excitement levels haven't risen, but they haven't gone down after seeing this. I was just, I was placated, if you will. I thought the trailer was pretty decent, but I didn't get an awful lot from it. Timothy Chalamet looks good as an English gentleman, but or as a gentleman, sorry. But um, not quite sure I buy him just yet in the role, but I've only seen what's in the mm. trailer. But I think as it was fine. It was a pretty decent trailer. I'm looking forward to seeing what Greta Gerwig can do with this like, stellar cast. Yeah, I'm in. How about the next one? Should we talk about the next one? Last Christmas. Yeah. Oh, oh, right. Um, the positives. How long have I got? Not long. Good. It won't take long. Amelia Clark looks great as an elf. Henry Golding is in this. Super awesome, charming guy. Now, the negatives. Where do we start? <laughs> this was... I really did not like this trailer whatsoever. It was... I didn't find it funny at all. It looked like a bad Richard Curtis rip-off. To me, again, from the trailer, quite a, it's a long old trailer. It seemed to show most of the story, including this kind of sudden change during the trailer where we get this manipulative narrative suddenly get thrown in for some reason. It's based on a do- uh, Wham song, Last Christmas. How dare they take that song and make such a, what looks, seems to be a rubbish-looking film. However, it's a Christmas film. I'm going to go and watch it for those festive feels. I can probably guess what's going to happen, which would probably save me from actually seeing it, but... I have mentioned on the Banff before that whilst I'm a big fan of Amelia Clark, good English actress, good old English girl, I'm not entirely sold on her acting credentials outside of Game of Thrones. She was she was better than I thought she would be in Solo. Obviously, I mean, she not, yeah. just didn't take the show, but she was better than I thought. I thought she'd be the weak link, and in fact, she was you know pretty damn good. But you know, I haven't really seen her excel in anything else, and even Daenerys was kind of a dare I say a flat character for the most part, kind of monotone. Wasn't too many shades to her character, apart from at the end when she went mad. Spoilers. Last Christmas, I saw this and I really wasn't impressed. And I know how much you like rom-coms, but are you buying this one? Yeah, dude, I totally bit hard on this one. Um, (laughs) I, one, I'm not a, I've been up and down with Paul Feig. Um, I I really liked last year's, um, oh man, it just left my brain. Anna Kendrick and Brie. uh, Oh, Simple uh, Favor. Simple favor. I love yeah, the I simple love favor, and I really like Spy, and I love Bridesmaids. Um, I don't. I didn't like the Ghostbusters mm-hmm. attempt, and then I. Uh, the a lot of people like the Heat. I I didn't find it to be very funny. Um, but I love Spy, and so I, I'm not sold when his name's attached, but I'm willing to give him a chance. Um, Henry Golding won me over real hard last year with both a Simple Plan, mm-hmm. um, and uh, Crazy Rich Asians. Emma Thompson, I tend to enjoy. Michelle Yeoh is Yao you Yo Yo is back. Is uh, which you know I, I am I'm not only a sucker for rom coms, but I'm also I do love Christmas movies, man. Like my wife really loves Christmas movies, but she'll watch like anything. Like I I can't get into the Hallmark Christmas movies ninety percent of the time, and this does have a heightened kind of melodramatic Hallmark stamp about it for sure. Yet I I found myself kind of intrigued. I do have a lot of reservations. I kind of got I got a vibe from the trailer that maybe Henry Golding's character is not really there. That maybe he's like a it's a wonderful life angel sort yeah, of yeah. thing. And that I, I I have paused, but again, trailers can be real misleading. And so I'm hoping they're not going that route with it. I, I immediately sent the trailer to my wife um because i i'm like this is all you this is totally up your alley 
And I've seen it. I saw it twice. I think uh, this. I saw um, Where'd You Go, Bernadette, and Good Boys this weekend. Mm-hmm. And I think it was in front of both. And you know, the I, I hate the bird poop joke. I think that's it's cheap. Really, yeah, super cheap. But some of the other stuff felt like there's potential. I also could see this being a train wreck. So don't get me wrong. While I'm I'm gonna see it and go in optimistic, I can also see this just like, oh my god, this is a nightmare. But Fee's done some amazing stuff with with especially with the rom coms. Like to me in Bridesmaids, my the there's a lot of funny sequences, but my favorite part of the movie is the Chris O'Dowd story with Kristen Wiig. Yeah, yeah. Like I love that relationship, and I'm also I am a big Chris O'Dowd fan, but. I, I've, I, he's won me over in those types of scenarios. So I'm going to be optimistic and say, yay on last Christmas, especially if you like Matt pointed out, I'm a sucker for rom-coms mm-hmm. and Christmas movies. So, I mean, it's not going to top the Christmas Chronicles from last year with Kurt Russell. I had a blast with that film, but I'm going to, yeah. in the spirit of goodwill and festivities, of course, I'm going to go and watch this film because I too love the festive season. I've my favorite time of the year. So I'm going to go and watch this and sample up some of the, some of the delights that Amelia Clark and Henry Golden can hopefully bring. And Paul Feig, because I agree, I, I'm on the fence. I lean more towards positivity on Paul Feig, because I didn't mind the Ghostbusters remake, reboot, redo. I thought it was okay. Um, but yeah, Paul Feig has also served up some, you know, dross. But when he does, when he yeah. when he's good, like a simple favour, that was underratedly oh, so underrated. That's very good. But um, yeah, I was. But yeah, to be honest, I wasn't sold on this at all. So uh, not particularly. Uh, pleased to run out and go and see this but for the next one I haven't seen this film as next trailer and I'm not sure many people have yeah apparently this is like it's a movie that's out you can look it up it's called Lexi L-E-X-I um, it's like her you, know, you remember her yeah, the yeah. Spike Jones movie um, it's like that but what if she was uh, she was also like the Terminator and turned evil um, and possessive Rose Byrne is voicing the phone uh, the Lexi app I guess um, and I'm a huge Rose Byrne fan, as I've talked about on the show before. Um, Adam Devine is your lead character, and he gets a new phone, and the phone becomes – like they be, they're in a relationship, and it becomes obsessive and starts ruining his life. The trailer was pretty funny. Um, it's not – it's got mad. some cheap laughs, but I – it looked really entertaining. Unfortunately, I can't find the trailer anywhere. Um, there's not even a poster on IMDb. So I saw the trailer in front of, I think, Good Boys – it doesn't exist online, and I don't know how. Like a movie, usually when a trailer drops in theaters, they drop it online, and there's nothing on this movie. So um, Matt hasn't seen it because of that. You, listener, unless you saw it in front of a movie like I did, you probably haven't seen it yet either. But Adam Devine, um, I find to be very funny. I haven't loved everything he's been attached to, but usually I enjoy him. I really thought he was the highlight of Isn't It Romantic earlier this year. I think that was this year, mm-hmm. right? That was February? Uh, yeah, it was, yeah. Um, I really I thought he was the highlight of that movie, and um, yeah, this role looks really good. It does have Michael Pena's in it, and I can't remember. There's a real-life woman that he starts to have an interest in. I can't remember who for sure it was. It might be Alexandra Ship, but yeah, the trailer looked funny, so I wanted to bring it up. I'd love to see it somewhere, because <laughs> I went searching for this, because I hadn't seen it attached to anything in the theatres over here. I couldn't find it anywhere. You know, you go to YouTube because, like you say, if the tra- if John's seen the trailer, so my assumption was, I'll go on YouTube, the studio will have dropped official trailer, and there's nothing, literally nothing, IMDb, nothing. Uh, and I yeah. thought, what, it, what, why, what, what, what's happening? Are they, are they just, are just, it's a different way of marketing the film? Are they not ready to drop the trailer yet? Or are they, gonna, are they tweaking it based on potential reaction to it? Or, I, I don't know, but if you've seen it, 
let me know what you thought about it, but you know, let us know what you thought about it because I haven't seen it. But it, the, the concept sounds bonkers, but in a good way, uh, and it seems like yeah. it's got a good cast as well attached to it. Yeah. So uh, as for the final one, well, this is a bit more up our alley. The statesman, the Kingsman ourselves. Uh, it was the trailer yeah. for the King's Man, which was the which is now going to be the third film in the Kingsman series. Um, it's well, it opens in wartime, so we get a different vibe already from the previous Kingsman flip flicks. It tells the origin story of the organisation. What I thought was there's a distinct lack of comedy in this trailer, and I guess maybe that's what they're going for. But obviously, um, Kingsman, the Secret Service, and the Golden Circle are essentially, you know, action comedies, if you will. But this didn't have any of that. I didn't find. I wasn't sold on the Golden Circle. And to be honest, this really hasn't yeah. done that much to cure my Kingsman fever. I thought it looked interesting. I like the the turn they've taken, but I thought it looked okay. It's got, a, it's got again, it's got a great cast. Ray Fiennes, Daniel Brühl, Reese Iphons, Gemma Arterton, Charles Dance, Jimon Hunsau, Aaron Taylor-Johnson, who's also in um, Tenet, uh, Stanley Tucci's in it, Alison Steadman. So it's got, you know, it's got a decent cast attached to it. And I've got, I'm going to go and watch it because I love, I really enjoy the first Kingsman. But for this one, yeah, it had a different vibe to it. It wasn't what I expected it to be, but that doesn't mean it's a bad thing. But, it didn't grab me. It didn't excite me watching this trailer like I hoped it would do. But, you know, it, it had enough in there to pique my interest. But the Statesman, did you see this and think, I'm, I'm on board with the King's Man? Um, yeah, for the most part. I, I, I'm i a big Ray Fiennes guy. I, I, you know, he's always great. And so seeing him in the trailer really got me hyped. I was kind of thrown at first when it started because it, it does not seem like a Kingsman movie mm-hmm. um, with all the war stuff. And I was like, what's this? And there does seem to be a lot of war movies coming out. We've got that, like, 1941, I think, is the movie or it's something like that. And, months, yeah. yeah, and then there's the there's another one with something I don't – I you know, war movies aren't my go-to, so I don't – they don't all stick. But um, once I saw Ray Fiennes and then, you know, pull up to the shop, I was like, okay, okay, this looks like it could – it's an interesting prequel, you know, like the uh, the or, origin story mm-hmm. of the Kingsman. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely willing to give it a go. Um I agree, though, There, it's not the most – if you're looking for that that same vibe you got from the first film, which I also felt like the Golden Circle wasn't quite there, this one doesn't look like it'll be quite there either. But maybe it could be better you know, because it's, it's different. It looks like it's trying to do its own thing that will yeah. lead to – so who knows? Um, but I'm, I'm hopeful for sure, especially with Ray Fiennes attached. Yeah, and Matthew Vaughan's coming back again, of course, for the third flick. So it's going to be that there's going to have that distinct style that he brings. So I'm, again, optimistic because I really enjoyed the first one. Felt the second one was a bit of a disappointment. It had its moments, but overall wasn't perfect. So this one, I'm hoping will steady the ship. Um, but that's our trailer news. Pretty decent offering, uh, apart from last Christmas, we thought. But let's talk some movie news, man. For sure. Some of these are going to be a little older. Like, uh, it's what, we're about a, over a week out? since this happened but the hunt the movie that was supposed to star betty gilpin emma roberts hillary swank um ethan supley oh justin hartley who's in another movie we just talked about ike barinholtz um where the premise was 12 strangers wake up in a clearing they don't know where they are or how they got there they don't know uh how they don't know they've been chosen for a very specific purpose the hunt um the the trailer was very violent and um it's universal right that drops yes universal Universal, after President Trump uh, made some comments about Hollywood being like pushing like a violent agenda, have canceled the movie completely. And that is 
pretty crazy. Um, and it's a little scary Probably, over yeah. here that, um, you know, because our leader made a comment that a movie was completely pulled off. There are tons and tons and tons of violent films that exist. Um, there is no real link to violent films initiating violent act. Sure, people who commit violence may have watched violent films, but there are a There's lot no of people. tangible link, is there? Correct. Same thing with, like, video games. There's a million people who play video games, and only a small percentage of pe people present uh, do violent crimes. And more importantly, these movies come out in the UK and Australia and other countries. Same thing with the video games. And the mass shooter problem is majorly an American problem. Thus, maybe they're unrelated and we're looking at the wrong statistics. So, I, I'm... One, I thought this movie looked really like it could be darkly funny. Yeah, I'm a fan of Betty Gilpin, and poor Betty Gilpin keeps getting cast in side roles. This looks like it was going to be her first lead role, and now the movie's canceled. That's disappointing. No, no, that's, and that's disappointing because again, she's really talented. Yeah, I, this isn't one that I was. I'm not going to lie and say I was absolutely desperate to see this film, but no, okay. I, it was. It looked pretty cool. The concept looked going to look like one of those films where you could just sit down and. Well, I can imagine it's about an hour and a half hour and 40 minutes long and yeah. just get washed away in cinema. Just do what a film does. Take it somewhere else and have a bit of a have a bit of yeah, black comedy, a bit of fun with something you probably shouldn't be having too much fun with. And it should be noted, too, that this story has been done since like, I mean, the short story, the most dangerous game where a, a man recruits you know people to his island so he can hunt them. Years ago, isn't it? Like, yeah, it's oh, it's it's been done. And that movie came out in the 30s yeah. and it was filmed on the same set as King Kong. So it's like, this is not a new concept to be the like the, the target of such a, a you know idea. So I'm waiting for the next John Wick film where he just sits everybody down, has a you know polite conversation, and asks them to stop trying to shoot him. You know, come on, guys, we don't yes. we don't need that in this film, and they all have a cuddle at the end of it. Um, John Wick hugs it out. Yeah, I, I was I, w I would have liked to have seen this film. It was due to drop on the 27th of September, so you know, best part of a month away. And I do agree the the idea that anybody of any power who isn't directly linked to the movie business per se can influence the media in such a way that you know it causes this kind of issue because like you say over here in the united kingdom there are issues of course maybe but yeah. not to the level of other countries so do we feel like we should have had this pulled probably not but that is again that's that's kind of that's there's, that's saying there's a can of worms open it right now but uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think it was a daft decision. And whilst I, of course, sympathise with any victims or anyone who's been caught up in any of these horrible tragedies, this is cinema. It's yeah. not... The hunt is was not... It was satirical, but it wasn't portrayed as real life, you know, straight up. It was just a another look, which is what filmed out a storyteller, a creative look at the world today. It wasn't saying that, you know, this is what's going to happen or we're going to influence people. So I, you know, I thought that was a bad decision on Universal's part. Jason Bloom has come out in the last couple of days and actually said, he said, he says the movie's going to come out eventually. He thinks it's going to be released because it's a completed film. The bud has been, there's yeah. been money spent on this. Yet the marketing like, may have been slightly off in places. Oh, that's fa fa fair enough. But they've paid for the yeah, marketing. Yeah. They've paid the actors. They've got the movie in the can. What are they going to do with it? Burn them? So I'm betting heavily that a Netflix or a Hulu or an Amazon Prime is yeah. going to pick this up and they are going to see their uh, their rating spike for this because the film may not be the best in the world, but people are going to want to watch it because of, of the controversy. But 
Yeah. And now again, great cast. Hilary Swank, Emma Roberts, uh, Jason, Justin Hartley, Ethan Superley. I'd have loved to have seen these guys. And of course, Betty Gilpin. So it's a shame for a movie to be cancelled in such tragic slash frankly stupid circumstances. But I hope that Universal can manage to see some kind of semblance of sense and just get the movie out of there because the movie isn't going to... Movies don't cause mass hysteria anymore. This isn't the 60s and the 50s or the 70s. There is no tangible link to anything like that. So if there was, let's just cut John Wick. Let's cut things like Hobson Shaw, The Purge. Good God, get The Purge off. Burn every Blu-ray because we know what story that's telling. So as for this, silly decision, but is this just a reflection of the world we live in? At the minute, yes. Yeah, agreed. You got, if you guys out there have any thoughts on that as well, it's, it's a week or two old now, but let us know what you thought because we clearly don't think it was the right decision. Uh, I talk about right decisions. Next story, again, a few days few days past now, but Harry Styles of One Direction fame, led to believe John has this in his truck every morning, but he's turned down the role of Prince Eric in The Little Mermaid. Um, so he's obviously seen this. And hasn't and he was high, highly tipped for this role, but he's obviously thought, I don't fancy this. There's no real reason given. Um so it's all speculation. Was it for image reasons? Did he not want to be, you know, seen as his womanizer? Does he want to be seen as a serious actor like Dave Bautista said recently said? Obviously Harry Styles has only been in Dunkirk as a very supporting role. Is that the kind of career he wants to forge? If so, more power to you. What was it because of the insane backlash against Halle Bailey? being cast which you know again uh-huh. it's 2019 get with this program was it was it scheduling issues did he have an has he got a new album out i don't follow harry styles music or i don't know or was it because the production looks like a train wreck and he thought i don't want to be part of that but i think it's a better move for harry styles than it is for the movie i think he could stand to lose less potentially even if disney's an absolute money-making machine because yeah. this film it could, again this film could be the best redo of the lot but it's carrying. It's it's already got baggage attached to it for the wrong reasons. It doesn't. Again, it's not a film which is getting much buzz for the right reasons. So we did say that about Aladdin. And we did enjoy that. I'm not stoked yeah. for an a, a the Little Mermaid film. I am intrigued by Halle Bailey's casting because I think she looks. You know, she looks incredible. She's got this kind of real, really uh, unique look to her, which I think she could. And she's got. A, she's got a voice to her. She can sing. So whether she can act, but of course, let's, let's not forget. Harry Styles isn't an actor. He's uh, per se. He's a non-actor. He's a he's a musician slash actor. So, who's to say they're not going to replace him or give the role to a more established actor who you know really wants to get his teeth into this and could make a pretty good uh, name for himself in such a high-profile film? If it goes well, whoever plays Prince Eric could end up having a decent career in front of them. But as for Harry Styles, I'd like to see him go down the Robert Pattinson route. Go for the independent films. You know, go for sure. those kind of films. Not doesn't have to be that the G word, the gritty films, but go for the smaller budget films. You know, go for the, the story-driven right. films. And maybe you'll get yourself a few leading roles in there, like Robert Pattinson's done. Obviously, Twilight, but that aside. I think that's the route he can go down. And then he can start to pick and choose um, the roles he wants. But he's, you know, he's turned his back on this. And it's not good news for Disney or The, or the Little Mermaid, but... I think that they could probably get somebody of a higher now, acting ilk. Was he on board and then walked away, or was he never on well, board? There at was like... rumours that he'd, you know, rumours that he'd been confirmed in the role. I think AMC actually confirmed it 
and or one of the cinema chains over there. It was just it was one of those ones where it was so highly tipped that it was pretty much confirmed. Um, like another story we've got later on. So he was never actually mm. that we know of. He's never signed onto it. But the common consensus was this was his role. Apparently he was just he was literally off of the role. Disney. I don't think they even auditioned him. They literally went up to him and said, "Harry, you're our man." Do you want this? And he's obviously looked at the script, looked at the production and everything else and thought, nope, but I'm going to back away from this one. So uh, it could have all been dignified and this could be much ado about absolutely Jack. But it's it was a strange uh, story to come out considering that this could have been good for Harry Styles, but I think in the long run he could probably do better. I mean, if he did go the Robert Pattinson route, I would say doing a movie like this is actually a good thing because Pattinson is now being Batman, and he was, as you said, Edward in the Twilight series, um, and he does the indie films. And you could look at like Daniel Radcliffe, who did the Harry Potter. How long have they taken to drop the stigma of of those characters? True, I think I don't think it's been as bad for uh, for um, Radcliffe as it's been for Patterson because I think. Um, Pattinson, excuse me, I'm saying the wrong name. Um, that Twilight has a stigma attached, where Harry Potter doesn't. Yep, Granted, yep. people still call Radcliffe Harry Potter, <laughs> but he, I think he's embraced it in a fun way. And again, uh, you could make that argument for a lot of you know actors, like Keanu Reeves, starting off as the stoner for Bill and Ted's. You know, he's always been kind of looked at as that direction. So yeah, yeah. And when I'm looking at, you know, I, I'm not a fan of the live action adaptations. I am looking at the cast so far, and they've got Jacob Tremblay voicing Flounder, which I like Tremblay. Um, Aquafina is the Scuttle, which I believe is the Seagull, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think so. And Aquafina has won me over. I am a fan. Um, uh, Melissa McCarthy as Ursula is kind of inspired casting because I kind of want to see her do that. Like I, I'm actually more interested in this movie because of that. Um, although I think Queen Latifah is doing like like NBC or ABC's like live play or something of little mermaid um if i'm not mistaken i heard something like that and then harvey r Bardem as king triton is interesting um but also i saw the last pirates movie and i didn't like how they used him there Mm. so and then rob marshall directing it's like oh that's what turns me off slightly as well yeah there's a lot of reasons to be skeptical um and you know like prince eric i i I haven't watched Little Mermaid in a long time, but I used to really like that movie when I was a kid. Um, it's one of my favorite soundtracks from a Disney film. Uh, right, I would say it's alongside Moana as like mm-hmm. my favorite two soundtracks. And um, I- I'm waiting to see who they cast as Sebastian. Yeah, yeah. Because I-, I think that'll make a huge difference because, you know, Under the Sea. And I don't know, it's Rob Marshall, so that makes me think they're leaning into the songs more. I've got a um, feeling they go for something like Josh Gad as um, Sebastian the Crab. Uh, Disney, I, man, it's no. Disney. I know, and they cast him in a lot, but yeah. I hope not. But yeah, I, I, you know, whatever styles, do your thing. I, you were almost unrecognizable in Dunkirk because you know there's a lot of like of the same character done purposely by Nolan, so mm-hmm. it's hard to tell who's who. Um, because the point was like these are just soldiers; these are just soldiers. All of them want to survive, mm-hmm. and um, honestly, I still, if, if I were to watch it, I don't know if I could point out which one is Harry Styles. And I've watched it twice, at least. Do what you got to do, Styles. I thought he was decent in Dunkirk for for what he had to do. I thought he was pretty good. So there's sure. no, no reason why he can't yeah. go on and do good films. But No, yeah. There's something about this, and I don't know what it is as a feeling, but 
there's something about this little mermaid project which isn't getting me excited like it maybe it's the the kind of deflation of the lion king i mean the cast they've got tremblay aquafina melissa mccarthy which is great casting and javier bardem as king triton good decent decent to top tier actors i think i think we've got some great actors in there but i just whatever reason harry's turned away from the film is his own maybe it was just because it just wasn't going to work out or he just didn't he felt he might be typecast in the patterson radcliffe role if he went to do a film where it was essentially based on his looks maybe he didn't want to do that maybe he doesn't want to be known for his looks because we all know that he's a poster boy so maybe he just wants to do things where like you say he's a little bit more unrecognizable where you can blend in a bit more and again if that's the case you know full respect but you know as you say do your thing harry and you know i'm sure it'll work out for you in the end, um, sure. Our next story is uh, is about a little film coming out in about two weeks' time. It's called It Chapter Two, and it's been projected for the second best September opening. Do you know what the first best September opening was? Is it It? It is It from a yeah, few years ago. Uh, Variety is saying that this is going to earn are uh, projected to earn up to about 110 million bucks during its first few days uh, in the uh, domestically. Which would, you know, bash the nun out of the water, thankfully, because that film was that should have got none in terms of box office. It's awful, and yeah, it got 123.4 million, which you know smashed the original record. And this would come as a bit of a boost to Warner Brothers because Lego Movie Two and Godzilla made that bad, didn't make good returns. Shazam and Pikachu, whilst well received, especially Shazam still didn't blow the box office doors off. So I think they're kind of pretty much hanging their hats on It Chapter 2 now. And I've got my tickets for this. I can't wait. But the initial reviews dropped this morning. The embargo's been lifted. And I'll tell you what, the initial reviews aren't good at all, which doesn't fill me with any any confidence. But again, I'm going to go open-minded. The initial reviews, of course, there are no spoilers in our podcast and there are no spoilers in the reviews, but the reviews... You know, they bash the runtime. They bash the fact that it, it is kind of a second part syndrome where the first is a lot better. It leans too heavily on the first one, potentially. But they also did say that it actually is, it's more visceral and it's more brutal than more than a lot than Hollywood generally tends to go with horrors. And I saw a few people saying that. But I'd say that the swing was more, at the minute, 70, 30 people saying this isn't particularly great, but subjective. That's just a few, a handful of critics' thoughts. We might go and see it and think it's the best. And I've still got high hopes for this. It has knocked my confidence slightly, but I've still got high hopes because the first one was magnificent. I thought Bill Skarsgård was excellent. The kids were brilliant. And I think the casting for this second chapter is pretty spot on, I think. so. But in terms of it, chapter two, regardless of the initial reviews, it's it's projected to make big bank. Um, and I think it's going to. I think it's going to ride the September wave. I don't think. I don't think it's going to beat the first it. But sequels generally don't do that. We saw that things like the Last Jedi recently yep. and uh, um, Deadpool as well, things like that. But whereas something like Spider Man Far From Home that did overtake, but that had other films to rely on. But yeah, uh, in Chapter Two, projected for second best September opening. What do you think of that? And what are you thinking about the reviews that have come out? And are you still excited, or were you excited? Yeah, I, I am excited. I I love the first one. I actually um it's one of the I went and saw it twice in theaters. Well, um and and then I I, I bought it when it came out and I, I enjoyed it very much. Um, I do like I like parts of the original the TV you know series mainly. I like Tim Curry. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but I do like this take on it. Um, it is a long runtime, and it, you know that was one of the arguments, like for not including the adults in the first one, was because of you know it would take so long to do it all. So that is almost three hours is a little long for any movie, but for a horror movie especially, um, I, I'm I'm intrigued to see it. I've not read the book, and I'm not like a big huge Stephen King fan. I don't dislike Stephen King either, but. You know, there are those who, like, swear by his novels and stuff, and I'm not one of those. So I'm I'm open to it for sure. Um, the, the bad reception, this movie's going to make money, and sometimes we critics tend to give a little hate to movies that they don't think are where people should be spending their dollars, right? Like, Yeah, yeah, I, I see that. I mean, I, I can't guide a motivation of a critic, but sometimes you read a review and it does feel like they are saying things for the sake of saying things, and... Uh, and I consider myself a critic. I, I do call myself an amateur because I don't do it for a living. It's something I do that? as a choice. But, you know, I, I try every time to give my true reaction to a film. And I hope I hope all critics do that. But we know that we there are some that are known to be trolls who purposely will go against the grain. Hello, um, the, yeah, exactly. The, <laughs> and the contrarians out there. And so... You know, you always have to take it with a grain of salt. What I recommend, and if you're listening to this podcast, you probably already think that you agree with us. You have similar tastes to what Matt and I have, and we don't always agree eye to eye on everything. Um, But I do think we respect that we're being honest with our reviews every time. And I think that's where we're okay with it. It's like, you know, we don't have to see eye to eye as long as we're being truthful. So to me, you find a critic that you agree with. That's who you take uh, their opinions to kind of guide you. But if you're excited about this movie, like I am, like Matt is, go see it regardless of what people say about it. Yeah, and if you as critics, you can only be honest with yourself. Obviously, you want to, you want people to read your stuff and to um, take something out of it, but you've got to believe in what you write. You've got to be honest. There's no point going to watch a film. I mean, we, we, I mean, famously disagree on the favorite, but I didn't want to go out and say. I actually, I thought it was quite good, actually. I, you know, actually, I suppose it wasn't too bad, because that's not how I thought. It probably would have been easier to do that, but um, it's it, essentially it's lying, and that's not what we're here for. So, uh, yeah, we, we, it Chapter 2 currently isn't getting favourable reviews, but, hell, that doesn't mean anything. When September the 7th rolls down and I'm sitting in my seat with a big butt box of unbuttered popcorn, I'm going to be lapping every <laughs> part of that up. So last year, one of my favorite films was Searching, uh, starring John Cho, um, directed by Anish Shiganti. And I'm sorry if I butchered that, but I think I, I think I was pretty close. Pretty good. Uh, they are doing a sequel, and I'm gr- I'm glad reading the articles that I've seen that it's not going to be a sequel on the same characters from Searching, <laughs> um, because I would I was like, uh, no, but it's more it's a spiritual sequel, I guess, in terms of style. It's more like. Um, the unfriended movies where it's all from the screen. And of course it's going to get that comparison because uh, searching is all done from the computer screen or the tech screens. And I, I think the guys, uh, Anish and his co-writer, Sev O'Hanan, O'Hanan mm-hmm. um, did a terrific job with searching of, of building suspense. There's a few moments in the film that felt a little contrived because it's hard not to, because the whole thing is a contrivance because we have to have reasons to have, the cameras somewhere. Yeah, I can think of um, one. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's, I maybe two that I'm like, yeah, that doesn't really make sense, <laughs> but okay. Um, but overall, I mean, you could say the same thing with found footage films, where like you're, you know, some do a better job than others. It's like, well, why were you recording there? Um, but 
I, I really enjoyed searching. I really enjoyed the story. And I, I ended up buying and showing it to my, uh, my advanced film class last year. And it was one of their favorites of the year. They were all on the edge of their seat and were really shocked at the way the movie played. So I, I'm, I'm on board. They are saying it's going to be another thriller. And that actually makes me a little nervous because it's not always easy to pull off that or you end up with the same tricks. And so the first time you caught us off guard, but we'll see it coming this time kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. It, it could be a potential problem, but at the same time I'm optimistic and I'm hoping for this sequel to searching to be as good. Uh, these guys have said on record cause they, they used to do some of the, I think the windows commercials or the Google commercials mm-hmm. um, where it was all from the screen perspective. And they think this is like a new trend in, in storytelling. And I don't know if I want that. Um, you know, Unfriended, the first one I don't think worked at all. The second one I found more entertaining, but still not amazing. Searching is by far the best. And the fact that they're able to go with traditional video storytelling elements where we have close-ups, we do move around. It's not all just the full screen the whole time. Like we zoom in on parts. I, I think it helps. But still, it is like a weird restriction to put on yourself when you could just film the movie. Yeah, found footage has pretty much run itself into the ground for the most part mm-hmm. anyway. You had to obviously think that the, the boom with the Blair Rich project and then suddenly yep. this trend of found footage, which some work, like the Blair Rich project, absolutely worked. And Cloverfield. Cloverfield worked. And I think the first paranormal, paranormal activity worked for me. Yeah, That's an effective agreed. horror film. I, uh, I very much, really enjoyed very much. that one. As for the others, yeah. But when I first saw this story, I thought... How on earth are they going to do a sequel? Because I thought, is this going to be like Taken, where John Cho's daughter just keeps going missing? <laughs> and he's got to basically get a unique set of skills to find her. But, I mean, let's face it, the first film had about a million dollar budget and it made 75 million. They're going to make a sequel. Yeah. It, was in, it was always going to happen, even if the story didn't dictate it. Yeah, but, yeah, like, like you mentioned, the plot's apparently going to revolve around a new cast of characters who have to solve a mystery that's going to play out from the perspective of a screen. So I don't mind that, but like you've said, as long as it feels organic and as long as it feels like people are just walking into somebody's house and putting a camera in yeah. the corner and saying... And they just so happen to have their webcam on for some reason. There is like, yes, and they just happen to be in yeah. shot as well. Yeah. It, it, those things don't ever work. And, and we get it. I understand why they're there, because you want the story to continue... When that's why you should just make a regular movie. Um, and one of the, I think it was the Slash Film guys who argued that why can't you do this movie with like normal film too? Like where sometimes we cut to the screen and other times we are just following them in the world. Like it doesn't have to all be the yeah, screen. Yeah. And I don't I don't disagree with that. Um, if you set it up, if you make that, if there's a clear reason why we shift, I think it could work. Um, but. And again, it is like it is impressive that you can do it, but it's like, okay, you've done it now. Why do we need to keep doing it if if it's not really adding anything to the overall experience? Yeah. You know, go out, um, go out on a high, which is what you should do. I think it was the Blair yeah. Witch Two. I think it was Book of Shadows or something. I think it was which started as a found footage film, which was the original sequel to the Blair Witch Project, and then I think they moved it on to a more to an, uh, an actual, you know, proper filmmaking it does technique. Go, I think, and yeah, um, it does go out of the 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 uh, found footage stuff in the second or well, in Book of Secrets yeah, or Book of Shadows uh, the third Rec film Rec 3 Genesis which was a Spanish horror uh, quadrilogy the first two are uh, f- extreme uh, they are found footage they're f- from a, um, a fire but they're 
watch the films because the first one is brutally good second one's just as good but the third one it takes some liberties and again they find a way to drop the restriction of having somebody film the whole thing and it turns into a standard uh, movie which works but it kind of in that sense it kind of lost some of its charm however like you've said how many times can you beat the horse if it's if it's you know searching worked because of its because it's, it's not unique but it had a unique feel to it in a way there was something about it which yeah. felt a little bit different to like unfriended but i'm just worried that a sequel is going to tread the same path and we don't know yet if anyone's going to any of the actors are going to come back from the first films we don't know if john Cho is going to come back in his role yeah. But I don't know. If it goes in a different direction, <coughs> brilliant. But I think it needs to, because like you said, if it, if it plays on the same tropes, then it's just Searching Part 2 rather than a sequel. And I'm not really up for that. Mm. As much as I love um, Searching, it was John. Uh, he burkified me. He got a burk recommendation. Same with a simple favour. He said, you've got to go and watch this because it's fantastic. And I went out to, I went out to watch it. Uh, I, I Probably a film I wouldn't have rushed out to see, but I would have seen eventually. And Oh, it was a great experience in the cinema. So, um, yeah. But I'm going to go out and see this when it comes out, regardless. Yep. Now, the next headline in the news is a sad one. Um, and it makes – there's a – if you look at memes at all, you've probably heard about it through that, if nothing else. And that is that Sony has backed out on their contract with Disney and taking Spider-Man away from the MCU. And it does look like now that is official, I think. Um, there was some saying there were still negotiations – I haven't been able to find anything that 100% says this is now done, that Tom Holland's Spider-Man is out of the MCU, but it does look that way. Um, I've seen some articles where they're kind of saying what this means. Like, most likely we're going to get a Venom movie with Tom Tom Holland's Spider-Man, which, to be fair, I don't think Venom's movie should exist without Spider-Man. At the other other hand, it's going to be a weird contrast because, like, what connection can Tom Holland and Eddie Brock have at this point? You know, there's a huge age difference and Eddie Brock was in San Francisco. Tom Holland's in New York. Like, you know, what are we, what are we doing here? And then, um, you know, happy Hogan's out for sure. Spider-Man is no longer an Avenger. Like it's such a tragedy because far from home was so good. And they set up a sequel, which I don't know if they can do anything with now. And so, do they keep using the same cast? Do they start from scratch again? It, Sony, I don't know what, you, what you're what you doing. And again, my understanding, Sony got a pretty good deal from Marvel. They were making a lot of money from the movie. So this is, it just feels like a boneheaded move. The way, um, From what I'm reading, it kind of looks almost like Disney's playing the hard, the, the hard game and failing, from what I've heard. From the, mm. apparently, the current terms are that uh, Marvel gets 5% of the first dollar gross and all merchandise and revenue, which let's face it, is going to be quite a lot. And the rest go to yeah. Sony. And apparently uh, word has it that Disney wanted to up that to 50%. They wanted to get, you know, they wanted 50, 50 control of the, of, of everything, including the money I've heard, which is a big step up. So I can see why Sony would be like, uh, well, actually it, you, the, the, the IP of Spider may belong to Marvel comics. However, the in cinematically he's ours. So you kind of have to bend the knee to us slightly. And it looks like Disney may have got, I don't know, say too big for their boots or they just thought, you know, we're buying everybody else here. So let's see if we can just, you know, yeah. flex our muscles. But a sto- and- Sony released a statement just um, from recording this last night, which to me makes it official. They, they said that they're disappointed by 
Disney's demands. Uh, and the most uh, intriguing quote was uh, verbatim. We are disappointed but respect Disney's decision not to have him continue as a lead producer of our next live action Spider-Man film. Talking about Kevin Feige, of course. We hope this might change in the future, but understands the many new responsibilities that Disney has given him, including all their newly added Marvel properties, do not allow time for him to work on an IP they do not own. Which is pretty much Sony throwing some real shade now. So they've come out and publicly you know, said, said that this is disappointing. They've thrown the grenade to Disney and said, this is yours, basically, now. They're basically saying, we're disappointed, but respect Disney's decision not to have Kevin Feige continue um, as as a producer of, of our next live-action Spider-Man film. And they, you know, they've taken control there. And then they're also saying they're not allowing him to work on a IP that Disney don't actually own. So Sony pretty much flexing their own muscles back there. But I, it's, if, if movie-wise, it's bad news because... Spider-Man yeah. is an established Avenger now. What on earth are they going to do with the character of Spider-Man? How are they going to write him out of any Avengers films or any of the MCU in general? Because like you say, Far From Home has set up a sequel pretty damn well. And not just that, in the upcoming phase, it is kind of, for me, it's lacking on the big star power names and which Sp- Spider-Man is. What it does bring is yeah. the intriguing new, uh, new characters and new ideas and new movies, which hopefully will be just as successful. Because let's not forget, Kevin Feige has made the MCU a beast. These films have taken $27 billion. They're getting Oscar nominations left, right and centre now. And now Avengers Endgame is the highest grossing movie of all time. The MCU and Kevin Feige, what they've done is nothing short of astounding. But... yeah. You know, they've got to continue that somehow. And having someone like Tom Holland as Spider-Man uh, front and centre would have helped. So, I I mean, yeah. it presents it presents a problem and a, a plot, you know, from, for a plot-wise and narrative for the, for the uh, yeah. next few years. It's a big problem. Well, Far From Home, without spoiling Far From Home, but I feel like the, the constant reminder of the connection of Iron Man and, and Spider-Man is that Spider-Man could potentially fill that hole left by Stark. Yeah. And can and, they mention Spider-Man now by name, or do they have to go around it? Are they just going to assume he doesn't exist? I guess they have to assume he doesn't exist. I mean, that's they had their chance with Infinity War to break this deal, and Sony kind of... Well, again, maybe it's Disney. I, I'm not sitting here acting like Dennis, Disney's innocent. They do... It is very questionable if, if them buying Fox is okay. Um, they own a big chunk of the film industry mm-hmm. now, and it is... Scary anytime there's a monopoly, and it's hard to believe that Disney wasn't it wasn't ruled as a monopoly buying Fox, but it wasn't, and it's so that's them now. Because the next logical thing is I'm waiting for that headline where Disney buys Sony, like you know. <laughs> um, but I don't know because I, I do want I want the Marvel universe back, and I hate the idea that we're gonna get a maybe not so good Spider-Man movie just so Sony can keep the rights to him. I really wish they could work out something where they buy it off of them. Um, I'm sure there's that's that's not a good idea for Sony. They have all these plans for the Venom sequel, and then they have the, uh, I think, Cloak and Dagger or something like that. They have something else. Uh, Silver oh, Sable. Silver, they have so, yeah, something like that, yeah. But those, I don't think those properties are going to do well. Venom did well, but Tom Holland sold Venom. Like I think Tom more Hardy. than anything, we Tom Hardy is what I meant. Tom Holland, <laughs> who, you know, I, I'm all for Spider-Man in a Venom movie. We wanted that, and Spider-Man 3 was disappointing. 
Um, so there is a chance now that we get a good version of it, but it's not going to be any kind of canon because of the setup of Venom initially has already ruined the uh, traditional comic style of Venom and Spider-Man. Like they, there's no connection right now. And so they'll have to force a connection and it's not going to feel organic. No. Um, but yeah, it's, it's disappointing, especially Marvel cinematic fans. Um, Spider-Man is one of my favorite characters. I've said many times, uh, in our last episode, we reviewed far from home. I loved it. Uh, I love Holland as Spider-Man. He is my favorite cinematic Spider-Man. And I, I want to give a lot of credit to the, to Feige and MCU making this character the way it is on screen. Sony, none of the Sony versions to me have nailed the comic version, mm -hmm. except, except, and what we have to at least give credit is Into the Spider-Verse was amazing. It was incredible. And Sony did that on their own. So maybe there's hope. Well, I guess all we the twenty-seven say. billion dollar question for you, John Burke. Would you be willing to accept that they may recast the role? I would be very, very disappointed. I also think um, one of the the concerns when Affleck was announced was that it was too soon to have another Batman mm -hmm. reboot, and I feel like the answer to that was yeah, it was a little too soon. Um, we were still loving the Dark Knight trilogy, even. Even if Dark Knight Rises didn't satisfy the way we wanted, um, and it, nor was it the original intent of Nolan, uh, you know, with Heath Ledger's passing, taking the Joker out of the equation, I still think we it was too quick. And there was a lot of argument about Holland in that, too, because it wasn't that long ago that Garfield was Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, four Spider-Man in less than 20 years seems like maybe too many, especially if it's not like... Because when you look at the 90s Batman movies, the, the recastings happen within the same franchise. So they're all <laughs> continuations. Um, even if they don't make any sense, they didn't like reboot. This would be, I assume, yet another reboot. It would have to where be. Where we're starting over. And what are we going to get? Another origin story? Are going to see Uncle Ben die again? Something the MCU did not make us sit through and I was very grateful for. Because we all know Spider-Man's origin story. We don't need to see it again. Um so I, I hope they don't. Uh, I think it would be tra tragic because I think Holland is so fantastic. Um, I wonder I, – I don't think they could because I'm pretty sure they own the rights to the whole Spider-Man oeuvre. But I would love to see uh, – like if they brought if, – if they let Holland go, Holland's hired by the MCU and he comes back as the Scarlet Spider. <laughs> Spider-Man fans know. Just imagine that. Um, yeah, and it's just like, no, this has always been my name. They're like, what? Yeah, no, don't. You're like a man that's a spider. Like, no, no, no. I am a scarlet that's spider. That's a fantastic idea. What a way to, you know, stick your fingers up to the enemy, if you will. Um, yeah. I, I wonder what Tom Holland thinks about this as well, because I wonder if he, wonder if he kind of thinks he's in limbo, because he seems like a professional kind of dude, where if he, ends, if he has to go and work for Sony to do the next Spider-Man film or the next Venom film, you know he's going to give it 100%, but you've got to wonder what he's thinking, because he... He's gone from working with that group of actors and that talent, all around talent, you know, the, the MCU family, and he's now going to uh -huh. the Sony verse, which isn't blessed with much. To be fair, Venom was a surprise. Yeah. Venom was Venom did not come out the gates as a blockbuster smash hit because it's a good no. film. It was an entertaining nope. film, but it was not a good yep. film. And like you say, Tom Hardy sold not that film. All. I would love to see Tom Hardy and Tom Holland just so I can try and say their names going at each other yeah. and sort of work and bounce off of each other. Cause I think it could be fun, but again, will it be top? Will it be MCU Tom Holland persona or will it be a different type? It's, it's questions where 
we may find out or we may not find out, but the news itself was it was a big surprise. Yeah, agreed. And uh, final bit of news, a big surprise. It came, I think it came out the same day. Just for me, it came out of nowhere. We're getting another Matrix. The Matrix 4 has been confirmed. Keanu and Carrie Ann Moss are coming back as Neo and Trinity. We're just getting one of the Wachowskis directing. It's Lana. Uh, Lily's not coming back. No reason given as to why, but Lana Wachowski's directing it. And it's, it's a, I don't know if it's a continuation of the story or where it's going to be set, but... Uh, Lana Wachowski basically said that the, the relevance and the themes of the issues, uh, themes and the issues from the 1999 classic are so prevalent now that it actually seemed like the right thing to do, right time to bring it back. And I say this was a surprise. There's been rumblings of a Matrix reboot yeah. slash remake continuation for best part of a decade, maybe. But I never actually thought that they would do it. I thought they'd actually do a full on reboot because i did say that michael b jordan i think was going to come and do jordan it. yeah um that was what i, I do you know what i i'm not sure if i prefer if i would have preferred to, to redo it because i don't think the matrix the first one needs to be redone ever i think the matrix is one no. of those films that just doesn't need to be the second or third ones we have our opinions on uh and so do other people yeah. but i don't know if i, I think I, I potentially prefer a continuation with the original characters how they're going to do that i don't know if you've seen the other films i mean yeah what, are they just going to reprogram the matrix are they going to potentially use the clones of Neo from the previous films? That's the beauty of The Matrix, though. They set up a franchise that can literally have new characters, and it always makes sense. It's kind of like Doctor Who in that way, that you always have the Doctor Who running because you can always change the Doctor because it's built into the story, which I guess did become a problem because what he could only re- regenerate like 11 times or 12 times or mm-hmm. something like that, and... We got to thirteen. It was like, oh, oh never mind. It's he can, he can keep do it doing as much it. As I don't wants. know how they fixed. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know how they fixed that. It, I didn't watch that up to that run. But um, the Matrix, like we're told in the the story, especially in the second movie, that this is not the first time this has happened. This is this the first time we've yeah, yeah. seen it happen. So it could be rebooted with new cast. So I am I'm excited. I, I love that a Wachowski. I wish it was both. I don't know why they're not both doing it. Um, I like their other movies for the most part. Um, I've listened to David Sims from the Blank Check podcast and his arguments as to why the sequels are better than are given credit. And he made some strong arguments. I still don't like a lot of the third one, but I like a lot of the second one. I don't like the idea. And I am a big Keanu Reeves supporter and I love Carrie Moss. I don't like the idea that they're attached to this because I don't see how you make it make sense. And that's a concern I have. I would rather it be a Wachowski directing a new Matrix movie that is a continuation of the overall story, not necessarily the direct story of like the third movie, yep. but like twenty years later, what's the next iteration of the Matrix? Um, you know what's happening? Even a prequel. I mean, they kind of covered the prequel stuff with the Animatrix, but um, I am a Matrix nerd. I love the first film; it's one of my favorite films of all time. I I do think um, I had soured on it for a little bit, but it was more or less like it felt trendy almost to say it because i'm 99 i was 17 i was you know right about to start college uh it blew my mind i had never been really into philosophy before i saw the matrix and it opened up a lot of doors for me but it also changed film in a lot of big ways and it's overlooked a lot of times for its contributions to the last 20 years of cinema and of course it came out in one of what some people are arguing is the best year of cinema ever is 1999 and if you look at that year, it's hard to not certainly for visual we effects. We just looked at it. Breakthroughs, yeah, yeah. I'm all for a Matrix movie. I, I hope that the Wachowskis have something new to say. 
I do feel like one of the problems with the two sequels is that they rushed them out because of how successful the first one was. Great. And that they they also filmed them simultaneously because of that greed of and I don't think it was the Wachowski, I think it was the studio system, Warner Brothers, um, wanting to capitalize on the, the success of the first film. And I think that hurt the sequels. Here, let's assume, I mean, just the fact that it's twenty years, there's no reason for Lana to come to this movie unless Lana wants to make it. So I'm hopeful that maybe there is a, they have something to say and they have a point to make. And maybe now the studios are more willing to let them tell it because there's a lot of stories about the first film. Like Switch was originally going to be um, a female in the Matrix, I think, and a male in the real mm -hmm. world. And they w the studio wouldn't let them do that. They said people would freak out and they wouldn't get it. In 2019, maybe that's not going to be restricted, you know, as transgender becomes a more common term in our society. So, yeah, with that, that's uh, that's all I got to say about The Matrix 4. It's interesting you mentioned, actually, that you're not overly keen on, obviously, Keanu coming back and Carrie-Anne Moss coming back. But what you said, uh, and I'm, I'm not... How they do it is up to... The execution is what's going to sell me on this. But when you say that the, you obviously got the, the, the Lana Wachowski must have wanted to do the story, that's what's given me in the confidence now, because... If they'd had anybody else directing this, I wouldn't have. I would have thought, oh no, I would have just thought they're 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 redoing. They're doing the Matrix Four. They're you know rolling out Keanu and Carrie Anne. They've got another director going to add their own spin to it, and it's gonna it's not going to be the same. However, obviously the Wachowskis came up with this story. They came up with this world, or they brought it to the big screen at least, and. They for at least one of them to come back and want to tell this story makes me think that's a story worth telling. Had it been another director with another idea, maybe I wouldn't have been as excited. But just having one of the Wachowskis on board makes me confident because I don't think that they would have come back, either of them, if they didn't think the story was worth telling. Because, like you say, hell, it's been 20 years since the first one and you know it's been nearly two decades since all of them, in fact. So I mean they've had plenty of time to come back if they wanted to, but they've left their, they've left it a long time. Have they been plotting this the whole time? Has Lana been working on this story? Don't know why Lily's not back. Maybe Lily's not coming back because she doesn't feel there's a story worth telling. Maybe that's a telling sign that she's not coming back. But I want to lean yeah. on the optimism sign. I want to think that at least one of the Wachowskis is here, so it's going. To, there's a reason for the film to exist. So it's a surprise, but just based on how incredible the first Matrix is. And like you say, the breakthroughs that that brought brought out. Um, I'm I'm all for this tentatively. I'm excited, but if, if anyone else other than Wachowski's directing, I would have a lot of reservations. But I'm I'm all for this for now. Yeah, I'm right there with you. The last thing we're going to talk about today before we wrap up is uh, just going off script for a minute, walking away from movies and looking at some other stuff. And this is right now just a rumor, and this has been a rumor before. So we have to take it with a grain of salt, but the Obi-Wan Kenobi played by Ewan McGregor getting a, uh, originally the talk was that he was going to get a spinoff movie like Solo, where it would be just him um, in between the last of the prequels and before, uh, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi shows up in A New Hope. And we all wanted it. It was told it wasn't going to happen. And after Solo, it was pretty much a lock that it wasn't going to happen, right? Because Solo did not do no. well. And Sony er, – uh, not Sony. Sorry. I just saw Spider-Man <laughs> thing. Um, Disney uh, backed up and was like, mm, maybe we'll hold off on doing all these these spinoffs. But 
now with Disney Plus coming out in November, there's a possibility we might get an Obi-Wan Kenobi series. I don't know. It, I would assume it would be a limited run because I don't see Ewan McGregor committing to like a long-standing TV show. But um, then again, TV is now kind of becoming the gold standard and film is taking second fiddle to it. So maybe. But I, I'm all in. I, I love you. Ewan McGregor is like my favorite part of the prequels. I don't think that's even a debate. I think leaps and bounds, he was the best part of the prequels. And I would love to see this character um, and how he gets to be the hermit, then, that uh, Uncle Owen refers to in, in A New Hope. Um, I'm all up for this, you can probably imagine. But, yeah, um, it's definitely it's, it's an unconfirmed rumour, but, uh, I mean, Variety and Hollywood Reporter and Deadline are running with this. And D23 is, come, is, is dropping in a few days. Disney's premiere convention and who's to say that this this story hasn't leaked uh, a week before their massive convention and they're going to announce it to you know get the hype building and they're going to announce it uh this weekend and the place will erupt because was one thing star wars fans want and that's more ewan mcgregor to be fair ewan mcgregor's one of the best usually the one of the best things in anything he does i love i think ewan mcgregor is a proper movie star and he's always wanted to come back he's been saying for since the you know twenty two thousand and five's Revenge of the Sith, he'd love another crack, and I'd like to see what he does with a non kind of CG background. This is, I think, as far as I know, it's going to be uh, eight episodes, so a mini series. Ewan McGregor is going to direct a couple of the episodes. He's directed a film a couple of years ago called American Something. Um, film wasn't that good, but it was well directed. Um, so he's going to direct some, and that's kind of also what swayed him. But eight 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 episodes. To flesh out why this guy is how he got to in a new hope, um, I talk about this on the latest Star Wars sessions in detail as to what I think is going to happen. But I'm excited for this because I think it could be a pretty deep, uh, character-driven um, ep- um, series. And Ewan McGregor in it, being in it, just excites me no end. But we've got to say it's unconfirmed at the minute the only people who aren't confirming it are the ones you need to and that's lucasfilm themselves i haven't i haven't budged on this but d23 is coming around the corner so if i was a betting man i'd probably put a a few dollars of john's money down that you mcgregor is going to be announced uh, at this this weekend but i'm all for this and like you say tv's now it's not like the old days where tv's kind of looked down upon and film stars aren't going to do it tv's big business now and I would probably yeah. guess that any kind of Obi Wan Obi Wan series would look cinematic as hell on on the screen. So uh, give me this every day of the week. However, I'm trying to temper my excitement because, as you say, this rumor has been around for quite a long time and has never come to fruition. Yeah. So I'd love to see it. If you guys want to hit see it, let us know. But also about anything we've spoken about as well. Any of the films, Matrix, Spider Man, Tom Holland, anything, Lexi searching to let us know what you think about what we've been speak talking about and if you disagree with us be nice but let us know but yeah i mean not a bad few weeks in film news some big news dropping hopefully it's gonna be like this every episode yeah and i i hope the next episode we get to say never mind sony and disney are back together tom holland staying in the mcu no worries um we'll see maybe that's a prediction um maybe it will not ever happen again but we'll see I'd like they they have Sony did leave the door open when they were throwing shade at Disney. They did say we hope this changes in the future, so they haven't closed the door. So I think that kind of wraps up this very first uh, Bamp mini. So does it? 
I agree. I think that's all there is for now. Yeah, well, I, I'm looking forward to doing the the next mini-sode. But before that, I believe we're going to be having a uh, we're going to be having another bloody awesome movie podcast, or we're going to squeeze yeah. in one before. Well, I think I think we're still debating on the the schedule, but um, August is coming quickly to a close. We will have our reviews for the month of August uh, soon after the end of the month. So just keep a lookout. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review us if you like what we're doing. Helps other people find the podcast, and uh, you know, lets us know that you know what we're doing is uh, worth your time. Yeah, follow us on social media. We are uh, on Twitter at at bamp b a m p underscore podcast. Uh, John on Instagram. We are. I am looking because I can never remember. Bloody awesome movie pod. Simple enough. So yeah, follow follow us on there. Interact with us on there. It, the the content is light now. But it's going to go, but now, but it's going to blow up now because we've got these mini shows coming out. We've got the BAMP coming out. You'll see our reactions from the films are going to be non-spoiler, of course. And we're also going to be throwing it over to you guys. We're going to be, we're going to, you know, in terms of what's coming out in, in August, what did you think of the film? We'll put up some polls, we'll put up some questions, jump, jump in, uh, give us your answers or whatever, reactions, and we'll shout them out on the, on the main show. So yeah, join in. We'd love to hear from you. And we'll be back uh, with our, our reviews of August pretty soon, so get ready for those. Yep, uh, so you can find me, whatiwatchtonight.co.uk, what I watch tonight across the socials. But come find me on the BAMP and Talk Film. Where can I find you, John? At BurkeReviews.com and at Burke Reviews on all the social medias, including uh, we post the Bloody Awesome podcast as a uh, post at Burke Reviews, so come check that out. You make it a favourite. Yep, please do. And uh, so... Hope you enjoyed the show as much as I enjoyed doing it. I always enjoy being burkified and I always enjoy talking to John and I'm glad we get to do it more often now. So yep. from me, sadly, until next time, it's very much see ya. And from Mr. Burke himself, keep watching movies. Stay bloody awesome. Blood, 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 bl